But knowing the content that I've put out already for so long, I really have been thinking about our conversation and knowing the way that we, our, both of our brains work, I really just wanted to flip the script a little bit and just be like, how would me and Lee have a conversation if we were just sitting on my couch drinking some beer? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Criticality Podcast with Lee Meekin, a podcast dedicated to creating perpetual conversations about humanity and ultimately solving the human condition. In today's episode, I have an amazing guest. I've known this lady for a couple of years now, and I've seen amazing, amazing inner growth, self-development, and overall blooming in character. She's incredible. She's the creator and owner of The Bliss Broker, a platform where you can find all sorts of amazing stuff, such as brain and body well-being workshops, accountability groups, life hacks, fitness tips, and meal recipes. She also has something called the Prelude to Expansion. Harmony is a confidence and mindset coach targeted towards middle-aged women. But to be honest, we could all learn a lot from Harmony. She's done amazing work over the years with inner child growth, self-development, personal development. I mean, you name it. I don't know how Harmony finds the time. I can barely get my shit together to do this podcast. But anyway, I digress. This conversation was incredible. I really, really love you to listen to it. I'm sure you will take away so much information that you can apply to your life. And hopefully you can improve your life, even if it's just a fraction, just by listening to this conversation. That's enough from me. I'm going to let Harmony do the talking. She's incredible. Please welcome Harmony Garcia. Right, I've got a couple beers. I have, I I have uh, some Bon Vives. They're my new fave. Oh, what is that? It's a spike seltzer. Oh. It, oh, you're drinking a my you're drinking my beer, man. That's my favorite beer, Peroni. Peroni, I love Peroni this stuff. and Stella are my two faves. Oh, Peroni's call, number Peroni's number one. Yeah, we call Stella wife beater. <laughs> love that. Yeah. You always see the the boys drinking Stella. They've all got a string vest on. Oh, that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, you'll find that I laugh at the very inappropriate things, so yeah. I have a really raunchy brain. Yes, absolutely. Well, how that I, I was thinking, first of all, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm so good. Good, good. I was thinking earlier on, we've known each other for virtually for, what, a year? It's been longer than that. Is it? Yeah, because I think I did Mark's... Um, I think I I know that we were talking around Christmas, not last year, but the year before. Right. So yeah, because that's when I had my crazy episode. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. That's so crazy. it's been almost. I mean, year and a half, easy for sure. Yeah. And in all that time, I mean. I think a lot of us have grown exponentially, um, but I did want to sort of ask you how you've been, how you've progressed from where you were. Do you know what? Let's start from the beginning. What was your life like before you decided, shit, I need to do something here? What was the situation you were in and how did you engage in deciding to, I don't know, turn in a different direction what happened 
I got sick of my own bullshit. I mean, that's that's it in a nutshell. And and it's interesting. I'm listening to uh, a couple books right now. It's, I could go off on so many tangents because growth excites the hell out of me. It, you, it turns, listen. If you want to go off, me on. I'm all ears. So I there's so many different ways I can answer that, but but knowing the content that I've put out already for so long, I really have been thinking about our conversation and knowing the way that our both of our brains work. I really just wanted to flip the script a little bit and just be like. How would me and Lee have a conversation if we were just sitting on my couch drinking some beer and shooting the shit, not worrying about what anybody was thinking? That's how I kind of I, I it's not my vision for this conversation. Absolutely. So synchronicities are huge. The magic of the universe is huge. And um, so in answering that question, it's basically I got sick of my own bullshit. Um, so my ego came in and built my dysfunction up as it did because of my childhood trauma. And then essentially my ego had to trip off its axis for me to get to the point where I was like, I'm sick of this shit. Um, so it's interesting. It's like this weird anomaly that ego kind of causes the trauma. And then ego is ultimately what fixes your trauma. It's very, it's a very interesting concept. And so there's, uh, a book that I'm reading right now called Radical Awakening, and it, I feel like it's a, a mandatory read for everybody. Um, the woman's name is uh, Dr. Shafali, and it's just, it, I think it's, she's a woman, but I think that any person could, could benefit from it. And she's been talking about that whole I, concept of ego causing a lot of our hurt because our ego, you know, think about it. We get in our head and we're worried about what Joe Schmo thinks about what our partners think about us, where our kids think about us, what we think about ourselves. That's all ego. But then when we get to a point where we're ready to start working on ourselves and we're sick of our shit, we want some, we want something better for ourselves. That's also ego. Um, it's, it's just an interesting kind of dichotomy situation going mm. on. So in hearing her talk about that just yesterday and then listening to an episode of Eckhart Tolle. So Oprah's Oprah's podcast that she's got, um, she does these series and today the most recent episodes, she's starting a whole series on Eckhart Tolle teachings. So is I this, sorry to, to interrupt you. Is this separate? Separate from a new from the Right. Okay. Yeah. Separate thing. And so this one is just him talking and he actually was talking about that same thing that, I was listening to Dr. Shafali's book yesterday and she was talking about the ego and the, the concept of the ego causing our trauma and the ego being the, the pivotal point of us fixing our trauma. So it's like it does dual duty, right? Um, but then I go to listen to Eckhart Tolle today while I'm cleaning. Um, for those of you listening, my day job is 10 different things. We can get into that another time. Um, but when I was listening to him talk today, I was shaking my head going, I've got to talk to Lee about this because he's basically saying the same thing that Dr. Shafali was talking about in the book yesterday, that the ego causes and the ego heals. It's, it's amazing. So the concept of where I am right now is literally because I got sick of my own shit. I got sick. I started paying attention at some point beyond my control. I started listening when I was talking. And so when, when, when people would have a conversation with me, I would hear a lot of things be on repeat. So I would hear myself saying things like, to people in conversation, usually over alcohol. Um, I, I would love to be a helper for women, women. I would love to coach women. I would love to help women get out of their funk, whatever my thing, my spiel was that I had back then. Um, and then I noticed I was saying it a lot and I wasn't ever doing anything about it. Nothing, I was not putting, I was not putting any action into what I was saying. I guess that was me building some sort of a foundation, but I got to the point where 
I was getting sick of hearing myself saying it and knowing that I wasn't taking any action. I started thinking, I must look like a, a right fool not doing anything about this. And I've been telling people in my inner circle for 10 years that I want to be a helper and I've not done anything. I'm not doing anything different. I'm getting up and I'm going to work. I'm on the treadmill. I go to work every day. Not the good treadmill either. Getting up, going to work every day, coming, you know, stopping by the gas station or the liquor store on the way home to get some booze and a pack of smokes. And then I'd go home, turn on some awesome music and I'd pile up and start scrolling on the internet or I would be whatever I was doing. Nothing productive. Um, and I'm chalking all of that up to part of the process, but I literally to sum it up, to get to the point of where I've gotten now, which is in a really pretty good place, I had to get sick of my own shit. I just got bored of the repeat that I had going on. And I was like, Harmony, shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? Like, do something about it or don't. But you have to do something different in order for some, for there to be a different outcome. And so kind of that's where we are now. And you knowing me from being in our, us being in our peer group together and our accountability group, um, you've heard me talk about that. It's just, I had to hold myself to a higher standard and I, and I, I wasn't doing that before. Mm. Yeah. I find it very interesting. I mean, you're, we're, I, I feel like we're both taking the same journey. You're, you know, a few steps ahead of me at the moment, but when you start to have more self-awareness about the things you think and the things you say, and then reflect on that with your inaction you just mm -hmm. think or you kind of feel like a bit of a fucking douchebag you know <laughs> yeah exactly. I, and 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 you sort of it, that message that you put into the group yesterday really sort of i don't know made me pull my thumb out of my ass yeah. because everything you said was obviously 100 percent true um You've you've got a nice polite way of kicking people in the bollocks, which is obviously a running running gag that we've got in the group. Um, I love it, and and I just thought, fuck yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and it's a constant thing. You've you've got to constantly remind yourself to do it every day. Obviously, into up to a certain point, it just becomes second nature. It becomes habit. But at the moment, I'm early doors into this whole thing, and I just have to keep reminding myself to do these things and keep reminding me myself to to think a certain way because if i find for me if i don't continue to remind myself to think a certain way or behave a certain way you can very very quickly just go back to you know doing whatever it is you do um best given your circumstances and then two weeks later you go fuck i haven't been to the gym or i haven't done anything positive and this book and i'm a nightmare for books i'm just trying to find it now it's in my bag but I've got like five or six books around it. You know, I'm a few pages into each one of them. And I'm like, fucking just pick one. Honestly, man, just pick one and no, stick with you, it. There's no wrong way to do that, Lee. I was, I meant to tell you that. Like I've got a couple of my girlfriends that I'm coaching and they're like, I feel bad because I'm getting an audio book here. And then I buy a book there and I'm like, no, you do it. You're on your trail. You go with your gut. If you want to read this book one day, two pages, and you want to skip that for two weeks and go to another book and read 20 pages of that one, do that. It's it just follow that, whatever you're naturally being drawn to. If you want to mm. read 10 books at a time and it takes you 10 years, that's your choice. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. I've done yeah. that. That's how I've gotten yeah. here. Mm. I, f I think it's more of a personal thing for me. It's like, because I, 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 I struggle to, I don't struggle to retain information. I, I retain a lot of information. Everything I learn is up here. But getting it from here 
to communicate it to somebody else. I mean, even a word. I'll be having a conversation and this word is up there bouncing around. I go, fuck, what's this damn word? (laughs) I can't get it. So what I'm fearful of is whether it's listening to a podcast or reading a book, I finish that, you know, finish reading the book for an hour and then I go to something else. And I'm afraid that when I come back to it or when somebody talks to me about it, I go, fuck, poof, it's gone. So then I've got to keep going over it again. Like I've read, I've heard, um, Christ, what's his name? See, there it is. Look, Brad Lee, I'm listening to his podcast and there's one today. I've heard it three times today because the guy he spoke to, um, Jay, fuck, Jay, <laughs> whatever his name is, um, just so full of information. And I'm so desperate to absorb that information because I want to, you know, love it and retain it. And, and I love that. I'm so excited it. for you. That actually makes me have butterflies in my stomach when I hear you say that. Because guess what? Not to interrupt you, but celebrate that. Because that's, that's fairly new, right? When you say in the last, what, three, four months? Yeah. That's that's growth, man. That's yeah. so cool and so beautiful. And I'm so happy for you that you're getting that that natural excitement. Because think about it. It wasn't really in the, gr- the grand scheme of things that many months ago where you were like probably wishing you were where you are right now, wishing that you had that organic like curiosity. And now you have it. It's mm. like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's surprising I get any fucking work done in my day job, to be honest. <laughs> Because there's pieces of paper, books everywhere, and I'm listening to podcasts, and you know, um, and I try to create content as best I can, but it's not very good when I'm trying to record a TikTok video in the back of a van with the work shirt on. So, I'd... but again, you know, I come up with all these ideas, and I keep reminding myself: look, whenever I get an idea, have a pad or a piece of paper, write down this idea, and then create the content around that. You know, in the hotel room, or when I get back home, or whatever. Um, so I've got a nice piece of paper here with about 10, 10 or 15 ideas on there for, for content. But yeah, as I say, the, the, the journey that I'm on, it's, you know, first couple of steps, but it is f- fascinating. Like realizing that you hold the potential of your future in your hands might sound really basic, but it's, I don't know, out of this world. It sounds basic until you get to a point where you believe it. And then you're like, wait a second, I do have control over my future. And then you're like, whoa, hold up. Stop, you know, stop the train. I've got a, um, uh, I'm going to get it. Hold, hold, hold that thought. Okay. So on my fridge, so this is, this is a fortune cookie. It's the held on with a magnet, but it's a fortune that came out of a cookie about a decade ago. And it says everyone is the architect of his or her own destiny. And I remember getting this. And for some reason at that moment, I thought I'm going to save this. (laughs) And it has managed to somehow through all my moves over a decade, managed to still be in perfectly good condition enough for it to be on my fridge for me to look at every single day. And when I read that, you know, I wasn't in a space 10 years ago where I believed that. I was just at a stage where I wanted desperately to believe that. I wanted to believe that, please tell me that something in this is true because I really need this. (laughs) My life is shit, you know. Um, And now 
I believe this because I've experienced it. Yeah. I've lived it. And, and, and all I have the passion to do now is to share that with people and let them know that, yes, in fact, you do have complete control over what your life looks like and who you are as a person tomorrow, six months from now. If somebody would have told me a third of the shit that I've been through in the last 12 months – and, and, and they would have said, Harmony, you're going to be going through all this. And you're going to be doing that. And you're going to go through your first marriage. You're going to go through um, a, a separation that's against your wanting. Um, and then you're going to have to move out and try and find a place. And um, But in doing all of that, you're still going to be growing your Bliss Broker brand, which is kind of cool. So you're going to have women pay you, you know several hundred dollars collectively to coach them. And then you're going to go do a speaking engagement at one of the top breweries in Asheville with 60 you know, eyes watching you, I would have said, you're full of shit. (laughs) There's no way I can do that. There's no way. First of all, all of that stuff sounds super scary. Um, And there's no way that with everything, I'm going to go through a separation and then have to find a place to move and do and start all back over. Um, But in doing all of that, I'm going to manage to somehow collectively get together and do a speaking engagement. Like, no, there's no way I would have believed that. But because of this, Um, and me putting action into, I just want it desperately, Lee. Like that's the, I think that that's what it is. You have to get to a point where you want it so bad that there's no other option. Like it's not an option for me to be, have a live a mediocre life in any way, shape or form. I want greatness. And this isn't a jab to anybody else out there who wants, you know, what we would consider the typical normal life. I think that that's really beautiful too. But I feel like I, without being arrogant, have been chosen for whatever reason to be a helper for whatever reason. It's just, I feel it to the core of who I am and it's, I want it so bad. And because I've gotten a little taste of it and I've made a little bit of money doing it now. And my podcast has been going on for as long as it has. And I just had this event last Thursday in Asheville and all these sudden, just like something that the earth shifted on its axis when I did that speaking engagement, because I felt it like people were coming up to me afterwards, talking to me the same way that I was going to speaking engagements three and five years ago, talking to the people I just saw speak. And I was walking up kind of humbly going, hey, can I ask you a question really quick? And instead now flip the script. Now I'm sitting in that bar stool shooting the shit with my friends and these young girls are walking up saying, hey, can I ask you a question? I don't mean to bother you, but you said something up there that really touched me and I'd like to ask you a few questions about it. And all of a sudden now all these people are coming out of the woodwork and I feel such a sense of support, not only with my community, my digital community, you guys who are like my family at this point, but my local community, like real live humans in person here in Asheville and a city where I've lived for over 20 years. And it, I could like burst into tears right now because I really honestly didn't think I was worthy of this. I didn't think that, that somebody like me that came up the way that I came up and experienced the things that I've experienced would be worthy of rubbing elbows with, with people like this. But at the end of the day, we're not any different. We're the same. It's just, it's just, um, I'm just a couple steps ahead of a few people. That's it. And you're a few steps ahead of a bunch of people behind you. And, um, I feel like if we're not, if, if we're going to be here and we're not going to use our powers for good to support the growth of our fellow man and woman, what's the point? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and it just, I've been spent my whole life trying to convince people why I do the things I do, why I approach people the way that I do. Um, 
I mean, I just had to con- try and convince my husband of it. You know what I mean? And he still, I don't know if he gets it, but I feel it. I, it's like the only option is to help people and to show up. And when you start realizing, holy shit, that cool little thing I got in a fortune cookie when I was over is real. And I'm just really like, it, it, you can't have anything, you can't do anything but go forward with it, right? And so that's where all your natural organic feeling had obviously a taste of it. Um, to keep you coming back for the notes and to getting the books and to, you know, continuing to talk to your wife about it and all those things. So, like, now that I've been blabbering on, I am curious, like, what if you had to say one thing, what would be the thing that's keeping you going and keeping you so pumped about it? Like, does your eye on the prize or? It's, it's hard to explain. Um, but the only way I can explain it is when I do engage with people and I talk to people, what gets me fired up is whether it's a conversation, a sentence, an example, um, a scenario that we talk about or I give, I love it when people walk away and you can see their brain working and they walk away from me going, fuck, what he's just said is like, you know, it resonates so heavily. There's a guy, I don't know what's happened to him, but I take a lot of deliveries for work. And there's a guy who used to deliver, I'm assuming he's been laid off, unfortunately. But we got a talk in and I said to them, I was a um, certified life coach, and he sort of looked at me a bit sort of staggered going, oh, Jesus, you know. And we start talking and, you know, every time he comes, drops a parcel off for me, we have a five-minute conversation. And he every time he would leave me, and his his brain's going. I could see him thinking, and I I would say to him like, "What is it you want to? What are you doing? Like, wh- where are you, where are you in life?" And I just ask him questions and ask him questions. Like, it it's funny. I was asked a question um, a couple of weeks back on a on an app that we both know, um, Stereo. And I went on just having a little chat, and somebody would come on, and he went, "You know, who who the fuck are you to coach people on life?" Like you're not special. And I was like, no, I'm not. That's, that's true. I'm not special. I said, but I've lived a certain type of life in a certain way. And I've learned how to overcome particular obstacles I faced in my life. Um, and I'm, I've come out the other side. And it's the lessons you learn in life that gives you the right to coach other people. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, why aren't you a life coach? What do you mean? What do you mean? I said, you must have experienced life in a certain way that nobody else has or that very few people have. Mm-hmm. And again, we got into this whole conversation and this sort of arrogant approach to who the fuck are you? You're not a life coach, blah, blah, blah. This is all bullshit. And, you know, within 20 minutes of the conversation, it was like, oh, Jesus, yeah, you're right. Like, we're all unique and we're all different. I think you've got to have the balls, again, going back to self-awareness, you've got to have the balls to realize that you know, we all, this might be a bit of a presumption on my part, but we're all living a bit of a shitty run-of-the-mill, handed-to-us kind of life um, in form of legacy, um, hereditary beliefs, social expectations. And it's all very easy to just sort of, you know, stand there with your blinkers on and go to school, get an education, get a job, get a mortgage, pay your bills, get into debt, 
get your car payment, and then you're 15, you go, fuck, what happened, right? <laughs> but the sooner you get that self-awareness that, hang on a minute, this isn't what I wanted, what can I do to change it? Mm-hmm. That, you know, I, I, for me, the moment you realize that and the moment you know that you can change it, you are way ahead of 99% of the, you know, the rest of the population, which I find fascinating. And what drives me the most is having experienced the life that I've experienced, which was a standard issue life. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be some exceptions. I'm sure there are with everybody. But what drives me is the earlier I can connect with somebody and get them to realize their self-worth, the better their life is going to be in the long run. And they don't have to live 40 years before they realize that they may have made some wrong decisions or the situations they put themselves in due to lack of knowledge, due to uh, lack of self-awareness, due to lack of accountability. Mm -hmm. All that goes away. Yeah. So I want to reach out like to young people that are starting their journey and go, hey, there is another way. You don't need to go to school, get an education, get a job, you know, get debt. You don't need to get in the mortgage. Like I've experienced so much in terms of um, loss, financial, almost destruction to a point. You know, like, like I'm trying to teach my kids now, look, don't get you don't need to get a mortgage you don't need to go to work you don't need a job a quote unquote job like what is it what is what do you consider a job something that takes up 90% of your day fuck that yeah go be an architect work what you want when you want my 14 year old son designs trainers and i'm like you can make a living you can make a career out of it absolutely and this, do you know what i can't do that and I get so annoyed with people that say they can't do it. But I was one of them. You no, know, sure. for a long time, I was going, oh, you know, I, I'd love to do that, but I, I can't do that. And even with the coaching, like, I talk about it and talk about it. And at some point, I go, you can fucking talk about it all you want. But in 30 years' time, you're still going to be talking about it. So yeah. pick up the damn book, listen to that podcast, you know, follow amazing people like yourself, listen to the words they say, because they've experienced it already. You can learn a lot from people and i think i mean there's i'm sure most of us know that you've got to surround yourself with the five people you most want to be like Mm -hmm. but the trouble is you know when you're young and stupid you kind of just want to dick around with your mates and yeah drink and (laughs) you know fuck around with the girls and all the rest of it and and then again before you know it you got three kids (laughs) and you go Forty years old, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, I you know this is my first step on a, on an amazing journey. I fucking love it, and I'm so fired up every day. I wake up and I'm I look at myself and I'm like, fucking today you are better than you were yesterday. Tomorrow you're going to be better than you are today. Just I keep mean, going. can I say something honestly? You look different. Really, I mean, you do. You look and you physically don't look different. I mean, you know, you just look. You look like you're effervescent. You look excited. Mm. You look. You look ready you look and it's that is awesome like that's one of the things that turns me on about having conversations with people and I'm so so grateful for the podcasting all-stars grateful for the way that all the all of us are connected I don't think there's any any accidents at all that we're all connected the way that we are I mean the fact that Amy who I have a common ex-boyfriend with um 
<laughs> it was both really traumatic, alcoholic, severe alcoholic, um, common ex-boyfriend. I've known Amy for 20 years, and she's on Mark Jeffrey's podcast today. You know what I mean? It's just like bizarro world, and it's. It, but I don't feel like it's an accident. I feel like we were. All, I feel like birds of a feather flock together, and I feel like people mm-hmm. are brought together. And what you do with that opportunity is completely up to you. But I say that to say, in the time that I've been connected with this digital family, when I decided to step out of my comfort zone and put myself out there, is when I was able to get introduced to all of you guys because through the fighting through the fear. Of finally getting online, Mark was able to find me. And through Mark, it was just a domino effect from Mark because through Mark, it was Stephen. And then Stephen, um, you know, Matt Burke with, at, the, at the Liberties and that um, being connected with him. And then Michael coming on board and you coming on board. And then through Michael, I met Lisa. And, and now Lisa's connected with my Ripple Effect accountability group. And we're all madly in love with each other. And, and you know, it's just. And we're all growing because we're in each other's lives. And I just, nobody will ever be able to convince me that there's not power in community. And that in combination with having community is your ability to speak up about what you need help with. And your ability to show your vulnerability and say, I'm lost. I want this and I don't know how how to go about doing it. Can you help me? Um, that was probably my biggest flaw throughout my whole life is I had this whole sense about me that I just needed to, I needed to know how to do it on my own. And I couldn't, and I was very prideful and, you know, foolish pride because I, I wouldn't just ask for help. I would, I wouldn't just say I'm weak and there's a lot of areas in my life where I don't know shit. And will somebody help me? And really until I, I started having the courage to do that, my life was going to stay the same. You know, and look at how much all of us have accomplished in a short amount of time, even if it's just through building confidence, just with us being in our podcasting all-stars group and the way that we continue to show up day after. I mean, what really do many people do every day without griping about it? Take a shower, take a shit. I don't know. But the fact that we've all been connecting with each other in some way, shape or form pretty much every day on Voxer for a year and a half plus is pretty amazing. So we're obviously taking something from it. And I don't doubt for one minute that inside of me is a little piece of all of you guys, little piece of Rodney, Howard, Mark, Michael, you, um, that, I mean, I, I've told people this and I don't know if I said to you when we talked the last time, but when I was going through my separation in the early days of that, and I was sleeping on the pull-out couch in the office and I would wake up so sad, I would, I would immediately turn my phone on and I would go to your group, our group first, because I have a couple other accountability groups and I would just hit play on the first person who checked in. And it was usually either you or Mark and I would just play it and I would lay the phone on my pillow and I would just lay there and I would listen to you guys talk. And it, whether you were talking about me and, you know, giving me the zhuzh to get back up and say, Harmony, you know, he's crazy or you got this or whatever, or I was just listening to you guys talk about what you were doing in your own lives um, it gave me the courage to get up. And and so, like, if anybody listens to this podcast, I, I, I mean, I know they will, but I want them to take one main thing, two main things away. Find a community and ask for help. Mm. So you want to be better than you are today, and you have dreams and desires that you are striving for, find people who support you in that. Um, and be careful who you tell your dreams to, but find a community and and ask for help. Because... I don't doubt for one minute that if it wasn't for my community, I would not be sitting here talking to you today. 
I would right. be sitting somewhere still in a shitty relationship, being physically or emotionally abused or both. Um, I would be drinking. I would probably not look good. Um, I, but something in me, there was a glimmer that said, Harmony, no, you're better than this. You deserve better than this. Go find it. And it's and like you said, it's hard. It's a showing up everyday thing. It's not easy. I mean, it's a constant battle, conversation in your head, isn't it? Like just to, you've got this. You know, just quit. Stop being scared. You got this. Just get up and put your shoes on and go do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's powerful. Just circling back to how we started this part of the conversation when you said about belief. That's the biggest hurdle, I think, is having the self belief. Yeah. You see it all the time i can't do this i don't believe i can do that oh that i'm not good enough i'm not i'm not i'm not this i'm not that and it's such a shame because you know again just a reference to my 14 year old son not only the <clears throat> technological potential that he possesses but he also has youth on his side he has i don't know he's so much smarter than i was at his age probably because he fucking listens at school. (laughs) (laughs) But I get so frustrated with people that are so talented, have the potential to achieve amazing things, and still say they can't. Yeah. But I think, you know, we got to look at the, the wider world as it is right now as well. You know, we've had this fucking pandemic, which is going on, what, nearly a year and a half now, I, I think. I, I lose count. Um, we're going to have a, a, a mental health fallout, never mind a crisis. Like, you know, depression's gone up 300% in 12 months. Okay, that's like the bomb going off. But you've got all this debris to fall. It's all coming. It, and it's going to be crazy. And and I think the situation we're in now, uh, for people's mental state, is only going to get worse. I think economically and financially, you know, it might get a little bit worse, but I think we're pretty much at the bottom of the barrel. Like, not many more people are going to lose their jobs. Not many more people are going to lose their houses because we're getting back into a sense of normality. But I think the more of us, me, you, and other people that are doing this are out there and trying to discover the possibilities and the potential that we possess in ourselves and and realizing that... And then transferring our skills and our knowledge to these other people to perhaps save lives. And I'm I don't you know, I'm not really stretching anything there. Well, Potentially no, you're not. save you're not. lives. It's very like, serious. It's very serious. Yeah, it, it, this is gonna get really, really serious. So, you know, in the back of my mind now and again I tell myself, you could save a life. And it's so possible. We could And you may already it. have. I may already have, yeah. And, and would never know that you've had with other people. Um, and you speaking of that, I, I have a, in my phone, I text myself when I need notes. Um, I'll just, I, it's, I've got it in there is expansion, um, of harmony, it's, but it's my <laughs> own phone number, but listening to him today, um, Eckhart, I put his quote in here and it just says, quote, life has to become difficult in order for evolution to happen. Um, and yeah. when he said that, I thought, you know, he was talking about, you know, he was specifically he was talking about entitled children that that get gift. They, you know, their parents with good intention want to protect them from the world. And he said nothing. 
really good can come from that because what happens is you create a human that doesn't hasn't experienced adversity which means they don't understand the power of hu having humanity they don't understand empathy they don't they don't they just don't understand they don't get it um and if they're given everything that they want and their their fall is padded they're really not worth their weight when they get older um they're not prepared to deal with the ultimate shit that will hit the fan for everybody you know you can't avoid adversity it's coming for all of us and, and as you know it's been there for us probably since we were little you know um and that doesn't mean it's you know i want people to hurt but i've i've grown a really deep appreciation for the fact that when i think back at the times that i have woken up in the fetal position hungover um sad feeling like shit unhealthy fat <laughs> um bloated that i was growing and he equated it to um, when you go to the gym. He said, your body does not grow and get in peak position when it's comfortable. Your body grows and gets in peak position. Peak I can't have another, um, have another bon vive harmony. Peak <laughs> position when you, when you stress it. When you yeah. lift a weight or you run or you, you, know, you put your body under stress. It's good for it. Not chronic stress, obviously, but... Just and I, of course, thought about every time I go running and the, and and how hard it was at first when I started it. And he talked about it in the podcast. He said you just get to a point where there's it switches and it just becomes a lifestyle. It becomes something that your body craves. And when he said that, I was like, wow, it's really nice to hear a a leader, a spiritual genius talk about these things and have it resonate with me so hard and know harmony you have really put in the work, you know, you've put in the work to, to get yourself away from the shitty feeling that you had every day when you woke up of, of unworthiness, mm. you know, from when your dad leaves, when you're three and starts a whole new family with another woman and proceeds to make empty promises to you, to you, your whole life. Um, and then you choose because of that inadequacy issue, you choose bad people for you which continues that cycle of abuse, which only feeds that insecurity. It feeds that lack of confidence. Um, it was really hard to pull myself out of that. It it's really, that self-fulfilling really it self prophecy, isn't it? It really is because yeah. I, I mean, and granted throughout my life, my life's been awesome. I've had so much fun and I'm, I'm my homeostasis is happiness and positivity. It's just who I am. But it's really been a struggle when I look back on it. I don't really know how I've survived some of it. If, if I were to tell people some of the things and some of the situations that I've been in, I don't think they would believe me. Um, and I don't tell these stories because I want fanfare. I want anybody to feel sorry for me. We all have really shitty things that we've been through and we've experienced. But um, when I sit back knowing what I know now and sometimes I'm laying in bed at night and I can't sleep and I think about the women that I want to help um, – you know, that within a, I may have mentioned to this to somebody before, but just within a square mile of where I'm sitting right now, there's women that are sitting hurting, that are getting the shit beat out of them right now, that are drunk, that are stoned, that are on drugs, that are going to buy drugs, that are you know, selling their body for drugs, that are, you know, so many things. And all coming from a place that when they were young, they were told that they weren't worth shit. Um, it, when, whether that was through words or through actions or, you know, through innocent parents that just didn't know better because they were young when they were parents, whatever, um, I've, I'm making it my life's mission to help women not have to feel that way so that they don't, so that when they get older, they're not 
for the rest of their adult days believing the shitty things that people told them about themselves that they they can suss something that I can help them suss something suss that warrior out inside of them that says no I don't care what you said or what you said or what you did or whatever I'm worthy I'm a human I'm a human person I'm I'm worthy of greatness and I'm worthy of having a great life um and I, honestly, Lee, I didn't really think I was worthy of it. I really remember not that long ago telling myself, I don't deserve those things. Um, and those are for other people. These things that I get to experience, they're for other people to experience. They're not for me. And I really believe that, you know, and it's just, it's it's like so deeply right under the surface of, sorry, of my life experience that it's what drives me every day. It's what makes me get up because I don't. I know that there's so many women that cover it up just like I do. If you would have known me throughout my life, you never would have known I was struggling with the shit I was struggling with um, because I hid it. And not only mm. was I hiding it from the world because I thought I needed to be strong and tough and all that. I could just put my big girl britches on and move forward. Don't dig into it. Just move. Just keep going forward, forward. Um, but I was hiding it from myself. I wasn't stepping into my own integrity. I wasn't, I wasn't being true to who I really was and who I wanted to be. And now I am. And life is so awesome. Like I can't even begin to tell people like it's so awesome to be on the other side of that. Um, and to know that when the shit does hit the fan again in my life, because it will for all of us, that I'm armed now. You know, I've yeah. got tools in my toolbox where I've got this. I'm going to be down the next time something happens that kind of throws a curveball in my day but I won't be down for long. Um, I'm, it's not going to be like, it's not going to break me, you know? Yeah, and I can't think of a better thing to do than to make it my life's mission to like help women believe that in themselves too, that when something bad does happen, you're going to be fine because you've got all the power you need to pull yourself out of it. And here you don't have to go out somewhere else and find it. It's all inside you. Yes. And I think that your growth, you, what you're going through, you're probably realizing that too, right? That everything you needed is already inside Lee. Mm. Yeah. And doesn't that feel so good? It's incredible. It is. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I remember telling somebody once about um, a few years back, you know, it was my first son was born. And we're going home from, from um, okay, I'll go back to the beginning. I got married to my wife. Uh, she was six months pregnant at the time. That's not why we got married. We yeah. got married because we wanted to get married. Right. Um, which pisses me off because my nan just, you know, people just assume, oh, you're pregnant. Yeah, you need to get married. It's like, no, it just so happens that that's the way it worked anyway. Um, so we had our, mar our wedding day on the 5th of August. I have to get this right in case she's listening. In case she listens to this podcast. <laughs> I hope she listens. <laughs> we she got married on the cry. Yeah, we got married on the fifth of August, right? And then on the sixth of August, which was supposed to be our honeymoon, we were in court having our house repossessed, right? <sighs> um, obviously, a few months later, we our son was born. Um, amazing, great time of my life. Um, we were still, you know, very young, stupid. Um, renting this place, and we get Harley home in the in the crib, laid him down, and fuck, we've got no milk. We have no money. We have no. I, I, we can't afford to, to feed our son. Right? I was telling somebody about this. 
Um, the reason why we lost to awesome Hamilton. Awesome IGTV last night. I loved it. Yeah, we um, we were eight ninety grand in debt. Couldn't afford a bean, right? And I was telling somebody about this, and they were like, "Oh my god, it's terrible! It's terrible!" And I went, "Yeah, at the time it was rough, but it's fucking amazing that that happened." Because do you think I will ever allow anybody that knows me to get into that position? Never. There's nobody that knows me will ever get into the situation where they can't feed their son or they're 80 grand in debt or they're losing the house because I, I'm i now becoming the guy that everybody knows. This, you know, he's onto something here. He's, he's learning and they come to me for philosophical, you know, quotes and all the rest of it. And I, I, I get a sense of like almost power, but not in an arrogant way, but like... I feel pride that I'm doing the work and then I can help you. Yeah. And that makes me feel good. Yeah. And then it drives me to read another book or try some fucking sociological experiment to see, you know, if I do this, what happens? Or, uh, you know, I, I quite often play tricks on people. I get them to try and, and this is a Tony Robbins trick. You might, you might have heard of it, but people come to me sometimes and they're like depressed and, oh, I can't be bothered with this. And, that. and then I try to get them angry because once they're angry, you actually get to the root of a problem. You actually yeah. get to communicate with them, even though it's through anger. You start to hear the truth. Because you broke through that barrier. You broke through that barrier, yeah. So I mess with people and I say things that, that trigger them, or I, you know, say things that I know is going to annoy them, or or you know, I just play games with people. And I, I I like to think of myself as not a typical coach. I've done a bit of co- you know, I do coaching anyway, or I do coaching now, but I've coached this one woman. Uh, a few times now and she's been coached by other people for so- other things but every time she says to me you're not a sta- you're not a regular coach you you do things really really differently and I'm like yeah I, I see the potential awesome. in people I, it's like I've got a gift I'm not you know blowing smoke up my own ass but I feel like I've got a gift I see the potential in people I see what they how they feel their worth to themselves mm-hmm. And then if I need to be, you know, touchy-feely and delicate, I will be. But if I can see that they can take some shit, I will really give them some shit as well and really hold them up, really put their feet to the fire and hold them accountable and say, listen, you're making a half-assed job at what you're trying to achieve. If you're not going to fucking do it, don't waste my time. Right. And, you know, they sort of get, oh, my God, they don't expect me to say things. They don't expect me to react the way I react. And I find it, I don't know such a driver for me but I also see it as a good thing for them because that's not how they usually get spoken to no they obviously need it I mean there's there's some people that need a little pat on the ass and say come on you've got it you're all that fluffy bullshit but that's not what everybody needs yeah there was this 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 woman the same woman um she had a stroke a few years back, she said two. So she struggles a little bit cognitively and she's trying to grow her business. Um, and she's giving me all this, oh, you know, I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at online stuff. I'm not very good at Instagram. I'm not very good at this. And I was like, okay, I can tell that you can take a bit of shit. So I really pushed on it. I said, right, I want five Instagram posts out of you in the next five days. And I want you to come back to me with five points of learning while you're doing that. And she was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I was like, you're going to do it. You are going to do it. Because if you want to build your business online, you have to do it. Nobody else is going to help you. Right. Anyway, she tagged me on these posts. I was like, amazing. Like, 
the posts weren't great, but at least she bloody did it. Right. She tagged me in these posts, and then she come back, and I went, right, what's your five points to learn? And she come back with ten. I was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Like, don't ever fucking tell me that you're not capable of doing this, because you damn well are. And, you know, it's like I hold the mirror up, and I say, look, there's the result you've given me from the request I've given you. Come on, pull your finger. <laughs> but I mean, again, you know, when people are a little bit... I've suffered from long-term depression and, and, as I say, had this breakdown. So I need, I know when I need to be delicate and nurturing as well. I can do that. I have the face for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm going to get a Bon Vive, can I? Yes, absolutely. You go ahead. One second. I don't know if you're... Are you just going to upload this live for everybody to watch? I... Are you going to edit it? I'm going to do a little bit of editing. Um... Good, because I had to check and make sure that I wasn't... I didn't expect to cry, but sometimes it just comes out. I mean, what can you do when you're talking about your growth and you're talking about your life? Um, big right. up to Von, bon Vive. I don't know if you're sponsoring Lee, but you need to be, or yeah. at least me. Um, <laughs> when, you're ta- when you're talking about your growth, sometimes it sneaks up on you and you're like, here come the tears, which tears are pop. Tears are awesome. I love, I love, I think tears are so, it's like a purge. Yes, freeing yeah it's Mm. very freeing um i'm just so proud and i know i started off saying that that you look different um but you do you just look very um you have intention about you Mm. and your check-ins have even gotten different and in a good way um it's just interesting to be on the outside looking in and see evolution in people it's like so cool isn't it to like be have that be a, your part of your circle yeah it's it's amazing I, I mean i have some weird wild conversations and people talk to me on the qt and they're like uh, you know they'll say oh you know I'd, I'd love to talk about this and i'm like yeah we'll do it then yeah but i don't want to be wrong and it's like well that's good because if you are wrong it's an opportunity for education like so be wrong yeah you know i do it myself uh, you know, everybody in the group knows me in the Foxer group, and I'll just speak whatever's on my mind. If I'm wrong, I'm fucking wrong. You know, if I say yeah. something about, I don't know, gender or transgender or, you know, uh, uh, fucking race or whatever, anything, you know, and then because it opens me up, it makes me, it gives it gives everybody else um, an opportunity to educate me. And I think we find we as human beings or maybe it's just how society has made us now you know in this day and age we don't like to be held accountable we don't like to be proven wrong or being told we're wrong but again it comes down to self-awareness like do you have that level of self-awareness to say something and then not get on the defense when you're educated i won't say proved wrong but educated because well, there's lots and lots of things I've said. You have to be scared to screw up because there's nothing you can do to keep yourself from screwing up. You don't come into the world knowing everything. I mean, you're gonna. Right. But it's it not, is about like, having that courage to look stupid in front of people. Like that's what we tell ourselves. What if I don't want to rate? You know, you hear the teacher say in school, "There's no stupid questions," and yet you could be sitting there trembling because you've got ten questions, and you're like. <laughs> I don't want to ask the stupid question. So it's in, like inbred in us when we're tiny to be fearful of raising your hand and asking a question. But that's how you learn. 
And yeah. I love that you get in the group and you're like this about transgender and that about racism and that uh, hot topics, man. And that's the other thing. People are scared as bleep to open their mouth about anything. They're scared to have an opinion. I mean, I listened to a podcast yesterday and I actually got a little irritated a couple times. It was a goop episode about health should matter at every size. And I didn't take into consideration they were going to be talking about weight. And apparently it's okay to be fat now, like in the sense that to coin yourself fat, not pH. Remember for a time you could be fat, but you had oh, to pH be fat, right. P-H-A-T fat. <laughs> and what they were talking about is um, being fat. Like it's okay to be just fat now. And I mean, in the sense of you can refer to yourself as fat. Or if I see a woman over there that's fat, I can be like, what a fat, beautiful woman. And it's mm. apparently like a badge now and I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm like, I, and I love that it's evolving. I love that people are seeing beauty in every size and I love the me too movement. I love all of that. I want people that are not a standard, you know, weight and height and all that stuff, body guideline. I'm glad that they're getting some props in the way of you're beautiful too, just cause you don't look like everybody else, you know, whatever. Um, but then they started talking about skinny privilege and I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? I mean, I had to turn it off. I couldn't. I was like literally at my job listening to this podcast going out loud. Thank God nobody's there. I was like, what the? I mean, come on. Have we? Can we take this too far too now? Like, uh, because I've done the work and I've worked my literal ass off every day going and running three, four, five miles every day, even when I'm exhausted. Now I'm skinny privileged. Right. When I spent the majority of my life 20 pounds, 25 pounds overweight, I mean, I can't keep up, man. I got to be honest. Like, I want everybody to feel good and be happy and all that stuff, but I can't keep up with, I mean, it's no wonder people are scared to talk about anything and things just aren't getting solved because I don't know what to call people. I mean, what am I? Am I a woman? Am I a girl? Like, <laughs> I'm scared to even, like, label my own self. It's just like... Can't we just be fucking people and just be nice and like let's talk kindness, let's talk empathy, let's talk you know, uh, I don't know, common concern for your fellow man and woman. Yeah. Um, but if people are walking around that aren't like you and I, that don't have the the cojones to be like, hey, I have a question about that. That didn't make any damn sense. I know it's not politically to correct to say that, but I have a question. Um, most people aren't going to be like that. Most people are going to just. Boop, 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 boop. Just follow along with whatever's going on. And uh, deep down, they're seething. Um, and then they go home and they drink and they smoke and they shoot up and they beat their wife or they beat their husband or they would it, because they're holding on to so much shit that they have no way of getting it out. I, th I think that really what needs, needs to be discussed is just on top of everything else that, you know, all these other rights, which I think are very important, obviously. But letting people like talk, letting people like just be who they are without waiting to be there. Like, wait, that's politically incorrect. You can't say that. You, uh, I mean, well, of course everybody's going to be like, never mind. I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to secretly keep it all in and just walk around the world pissed off. And then I'm going to have road rage and my video is going to get on YouTube. Somebody's hmm. going to make a million dollars. Like it's nobody has yeah. a voice. I mean, and that's why, Lee, when you go to these soccer games and you're sitting there talking to these dads, and I have envisioned you when you get in and you check in about it, I've envis envisioned you sitting there talking to them and them all just be kind of hunkered down around you. Like, they're probably so excited there's another human being on the planet that's listening to them and not saying, take out the fucking trash. 
You know what I mean? Like, they're probably so excited that somebody actually gives two shits about what they're saying that they don't know what to do with themselves. They probably walk away from this game going, wow, there's an, another human being on the planet that doesn't want anything from me. He's just sitting there, like, really engaging with me and having a conversation and really gives a shit what, what's going on in my life. That's why people who are life coaches are special because they've taken their ability to have concern for their fellow human and um, a desire to understand the concept of a ripple effect, you know what I mean? A domino effect, knowing that it's not just about Lee and his awesome skills of being a coach. If Lee goes to a soccer game and he has a conversation with five dads and he, they sit there and talk for two hours, and then those dads take that, what they learn from Lee home to their children and their wives and their other extended family, that's a beautiful ripple that has a potential to cause a lot of really positive, positive outcomes. Yeah. So it's not about being air. I mean, coaches are very important and so are psychologists and all these other things, but that's what makes you special is that you act actually give a shit. <laughs> so many people don't. So when that dude on stereo was like, what makes you so special for being a coach? Well, because I went through a lot of freaking adversity and I'm choosing to step into you know, through vulnerability and all these things, I'm choosing to step into this as my role to have con concern and care and love for my fellow man. That's yes. what makes me so special. Yeah, I'm choosing to be the armor to take the bullets to turn around and go, right, this is what I've learned. Now you, you, you carry on. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it's, sense. It is, but you are special because it yeah. takes a lot of courage to march to the beat of your own drum and become a coach when everybody around you is thinking, uh, is that really going to be anything? I mean, I don't, are you sure? Like whatever. And then where's Lee going to be five years from now? Because he's decided to get up and he's been for five years. He's been buying the books and going to the seminars and doing all the things, having all the conversations. And now he's making, you know, 40, 50 grand doing what everybody five years ago was like, there's no way he's going to make that work. And yeah, Bring it on. Bring on your challenge because I don't doubt, I'm not going to let you not be successful at this. There's no <laughs> way, you're already in Harmony's circle and it's just like, there's no way I'm going to not let you do it. You know what I mean? Because I can see in you that you're so excited about it and that you're so ready and that you're, you're, um, you're feeling how good that feels to help somebody. And to me, it's no different than, you know, going to your neighbor's house who doesn't have any money and their freaking paint's peeling off the wall and you coming in with a gallon paint and a jumper on saying, I know jumper's different where you guys are, but walking in and saying, let me help you paint your, let me paint, help you paint your house. I know you don't have any help. You don't have any money. I brought the paint. I brought the labor. Let's do this thing. And the kind of um, immense impact that you would have on somebody for helping them physically is the same emotionally. It really does just keep paying it forward, paying it forward. It can't not. It's just yeah. science, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's mad. I, I, I don't know when it all started, but a lot of people like to blame social media for depression and the way things are and things like that. And it's, again, for me, and, you know, I, I could be the one that's wrong, but I, I'm quite happy to put my neck on the chopping block and say, no, it's not social media. It's your perception of social media based upon the social construct that's been built around social media, yeah. whether it's, you know, mums talking at the netball practice or the news reporting this and that and the other, you know, we, we get it with all sorts of groups, you know, and I'm putting social media into a group, you know, if somebody, how many crashes, right? How many crashes are on the highway in America where 
the the driver's driving and he's texting. How many of those happen every day versus how many of those Teslas on autopilot crash? Which one of them's going to be in the news? It's the one it's it's the Tesla, right? It's the new shiny thing. Oh, yeah. we have to demonize that. We have to we have to make it bad. We have it's not, you know, it's not the normal. Um I I lose my fucking train of thought well it's well, well what just, you're talking about with social media anything can be made bad or good anything. right yeah so it's, it's it about I, do you perceive social media as an individual as a negative or a positive how do you want to use it are you going to let are you going to use it to benefit you or are you going to go down the rabbit hole and and be part of this echo chamber are you going to get involved in groupthink and, and you, are you going to allow yourself to become in these groups that become um that become <laughs> that's my dog recreation recreationally enraged about these little things right. like I- i'm not going to do that i'm using social media t- to spread a positive message right so those people get off social media it's really bad for you you know it's no 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 i'm telling my kids social media is amazing if you want to build a business you build it on social media cuz that's how businesses are, are being built it's not today. going anywhere so exactly. it doesn't matter how many people right. hate it or want to bitch about it or blame it. It's not going anywhere. So yeah. might you as know, well make fa- peace with it. Facebook is going to be Facebook in 20 years' time. It might have a different name and a, and a different logo, but it's going to be the same. So if you're going to use, you know, <laughs> you have to adopt technology and you have to run with it and learn with it. And I find it almost neglect neglectful on the part I of... This. I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. You know where I'm going already. I do. I love it. I find it almost neglectful when a parent gives a kid an iPhone but then doesn't, A, teach their kid how to use it properly and, B, learn how these fucking apps work themselves. Yeah. Because in, you know, three weeks' time, oh, my son's always on Instagram. Yeah. Because you're fucking not speaking to him. Oh, he's being bullied on Instagram. Because you've allowed him to get himself into a position whereby he's hanging out with the wrong group of people, he's, cre- he's in an echo chamber, they're talking about bullshit online, like, you're a fucking idiot. If that's what you're doing as a parent, I'm sorry, but you're failing, or you have well, failed. Just like you said earlier, uh, accountability, people do not want to be held accountable for anything. It's easier to blame and point the finger than it is to take accountability, so... It's easier to just as you're busy trying to do something over here, here, take the phone. But right. they don't want to take the time to say, okay, you're getting this phone, but let's walk through some guidelines. You know what I mean? They just don't want to, they don't want to be held accountable. And I, and I get it. That's people are humans are humans. It's just who we are. But any good sage, spiritual leader, teacher, philosopher, they're all going to tell you the same thing that there's no good or bad. Everything is neutral. And for those people who want to come in and say, what if I lose my child? Or, you know, I I don't mean extremity. Obviously, there's situations that go without saying. But for the most part, everything that happens to us in our life is neutral. How we think about that is what determines whether it's positive or negative. Period. I I don't care what situation it is. There's always a way to put a spin on anything, good or bad. Yeah. How do you want to approach it? And, and and which way of those ways that you choose is going to serve you best? You know what I mean? Are you going to sit and bitch and moan or are you going to do something about it? I mean, I guess that's where I got in my life because I got sick of being the victim. 
I was the girl that was in bad relationships and boys were mean to me and da 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 da. But the reality of the situation is I was the common denominator. And why was I the right. common denominator? Why was yeah. I? Not because I wanted to be in these bad relationships or I wanted to be hurt or whatever. I just was allow I was allowing it. You can't look at a girl who's six years in a in a relationship with an alcoholic abusive man who was me and say, Oh, you're such a victim. Hmm. Because the bottom line of it is, is when I wanted to leave, I left. You know what I mean? I mean, it's right, terrible yeah. that that happened to me, and it's terrible that that happens to a lot of people. I did have to build up that courage, but point of what I'm saying is, what was going on inside of Harmony's head and Harmony's psyche that was allowing herself to stay in these relationships year after year after year when I wasn't being treated right? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I've lived it. I've walked it. I know it. I, I have compassion, and I understand both sides of the coin. I know how hard it is to leave when you're in a situation like that, and you don't feel good about yourself. You don't have money. You don't have whatever. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of things that we could come up with. But the bottom line of it is, is when I was ready to go, I went. Right. And what that proved to me is... Uh, I'm gonna. We're always as humans gonna find an, a reason or an excuse to not act on something. Yes. But when we're ready to act, we're gonna find a fucking way to act. Right. Period. So even if you have to create a reason. Even if you have to create a reason. But yeah. just like there's the there's a, a thing I'm getting ready to share on IGTV. Um, it's it's the it's called the waterway. And it's the whole concept of, it's like a Taoist thing. And it's just, it's this whole concept of water and, and how powerful and magical water is and that we are mostly water. Um, and water can, you know, it, it, no, what are, no matter what you put water through, it's still water. Um, it, if it's dammed up, it finds a way to go around. If it freezes, it's still water. It can still thaw. Um, if, if you make it too hot, it turns into steam and then turns back into water. I mean, no matter what you do to water, water is still water. You know what I mean? And water perseveres and water, water is, um, like the ultimate, um, example of what we're capable of, of hum as humans, if we put our mind to it, because I think what happens is we don't understand our capability of adaption. And I think when we don't really understand and embrace and respect the fact that we are adaptable, we're meant to be adaptable. We're humans. Look at all the shit that we've been through since we first got here, regardless of what you believe. If you don't believe you're adaptable, you're not going to adapt. You're going to be a little cesspool of water with a bunch of flies coming and shitting in it and laying their larvae in it and all that stuff. That's where you're going to always be. Yeah. But if you believe that you're more than that, you are going to be more than that. And I think that that's the core of why I'm a coach is to help people understand the concept and help them believe that you are adaptable, that whatever it is that you want to be. And even I even said the other day to the girls in the group, and it may have been you, you guys, um, that, you know, there's when you hear somebody say you can be anything you want to be. Well, what if I want to be an astronaut? Well, now you kind of fucking can be right because you've got these dudes that are, you know, who um, we've got um, Richard Branson, right? Yeah. Um, Elon Musk. There's so many people that are like having private, you know, rockets going up into space. They can be a fucking astronaut if you want to be. You've got the right amount of money. So it really is just about. I mean, in a nutshell, why I'm a mindset coach and a confidence coach is because I want to show people. And teach people you are adaptable. 
read the word, like listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. Quit saying, I'm not wired up that way. Or I've never been able to, I'm not built for that. Well, I'm kind of an introvert, so I don't think I can, I mean, I can come up with all the fucking excuses. I mean, I've used them all. So, I mean, I know that. I spent my whole life saying I'm not built to be a runner, and now I run three and five miles every day. You know, so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's basically overcoming the ability to bullshit yourself because your brain wants nothing more than to keep you doing the same shit that you're doing every day because that's comfortable. Your brain's sole purpose is to keep you alive. And if you can hack into that system and go, wait a second, I understand neuroplasticity now and I realize that I can, in fact, be the architect of my future. It kind of throws the whole thing off and you know cognitive behavioral therapy and putting yourself on repeat and you listening to that podcast three times in one day. Well, guess what, Lee? If you would have gone to the bar and watched the football game for three hours last night, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning a different person than you would be if you listened to that podcast that you love three times and then went to bed with a glass of water. <laughs> it's not yeah. rocket science. You know what I mean? It's really just... <clears throat> Getting people to believe that something that they choose to do that goes against the grain of what is natural instinct is going to alter their future. Yeah. How do you get people to believe that? Right. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I read a study. Um, it was a, I think it was a Chinese guy, Chinese scientist, did experiment with water and, and mm. thoughts. I can't remember the guy, but basically it was like... friends, believe it or not, with one of my clients. Oh really? My one of I my couldn't... clients is Dr. Robert Gilbert, and he owns the Vesica Institute, which I'll, I'll send you the link for. You can look into it. He's just recently gotten on Gaia, and if you want me to share, Gaia is a network, and you can subscribe to it and stuff. And um, he just recently got on Gaia, and because I'm a subscriber, I can share that interview with him as well as some other interviews with this guy that you're talking about. Um, and you can watch it for free. You don't have to be mm. a paid subscriber. But yeah, I won't interrupt you, but I'm just so excited because the world's so small and I love the story. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such I mean, a cool story. Again, it's in there, but trying to get it out is, is a different matter. But yeah, he did this experiment with water and positive thoughts, you know, made the water do one thing and negative thoughts sort of made it do something else. And it was, you know, basically the point of it was negative thoughts adversely affect the molecules in the water. Yep. And he said, so if your body's made up of 75% water and you're filled with negative thoughts every day, imagine what that's doing to your body. Yeah. Like that metaphysical effect of negative thoughts. No wonder you feel like shit. No wonder you're all hunched over and no wonder you feel bloated all the time. And again, like talking about bodies, you, you literally are what you eat. And you said this the other day in the group, which was... um made me laugh because I was listening to your, I don't know, let's say, um, I riff. <laughs> for, <laughs> your, your forceful, uh, loving advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was listening to it as I was going down for breakfast. Now I don't normally eat shit, but I went down and I was like, and I could hear you going on about, you know, you put shit in your body, you're going to this and that and the other. And I went down and I went, yeah, I'm just going to have scrambled eggs, please. <laughs> Did you really? I love that. But it, it's it's true, isn't it? Like, if you put shitty fuel in your car, it's not going to run properly. So if you're going to eat McDonald's and burgers and this super processed foods, like, it's no wonder you're going to end up with a backache and your, your head's not right and you're fuzzy and you can't fucking see properly. 
like you have to put good clean fuel in your body you have you to, really and, do and that and that you have to do things that you're that you don't want to do yeah but then understanding that that in doing that you're going to create new neural pathways so if you hate fucking quinoa um, it's the worst thing you've ever put in your mouth. I promise you, if you find a way to tweak it and let it fit and make it fit and work for you and your family's lifestyle, you will love quinoa in six months if you want to fucking love quinoa. Right. Yes. It's just how bad do you want it and what's the payout? How, how much can you make yourself believe that if I make the shift in my life and I go against the grain of what I traditionally would be doing, Happy Meal or up Big Mac or fried chicken from KFC, whatever. You fuckers love KFC over there. They're on every corner. Um, that if you can convince yourself, no, this is how I see myself. I'm going to close my eyes and look at the perfect vision of of Lee Meekin. What's he look like? What's he wearing? Where's he going? What's he doing when he gets up in the morning? What's his day look like? And how did he get there? And if you can start really envisioning that, it's in my brain because I'm listening to, do you know who Dr. Joe Dispenza is? I've heard of him. Ugh, full body chills right now just saying this man's name. It's on my bucket list to go to one of his weekend seminars. He's amazing. But his book I'm listening to right now is called Becoming Supernatural. And it's the concept of all of that. I've got so much stuff I'll share with you off on Voxer. I'll put it in there. But um, oh, the book me. Let me interrupt you very quickly there. I did say in Voxer Group, I'm going to put a link into the Voxer Group for books. Good. And there's two books. I'm going to, I'll I'll link you the two books. Uh, It's the guy that I was referring to that was on the Bradley podcast. But this guy's amazing. But sorry, carry on. Oh, that's okay. Um, I interrupted you, I think, because I I knew that we were going to be like this because we're both like, oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But his whole book is basically about the fact that we're energy and that we can manipulate the molecule. You said molecules. It made me think of that. We can, we do have the power to manipulate the molecules in our body. And I think it seems like something from an episode of Twilight Zone that people are like, no way. So they don't even think about it. But what if, I think that that's where a lot of my growth started happening is when I realized and I started kind of going, what if, what if it was true? What if I can't, what if I can make myself like things? What if I can shift my body? What if I can manifest money? And what if I can manifest jobs and in relationships? What if, and it was really just about planting that seed in my brain by listening to all these audiobooks. and you guys who's listen, who are listening, Dr. Joe Dispenza becoming supernatural, put it on your list. It's amazing. Um, and I have, I'm only in chapter three after about a month because I keep going back and starting the chapter over. It's such a lot of information that, and I'm taking so much from it. I really want it to be embedded in my brain so that I can reverberate it back properly. Um, it's kind of like the water guy that you're talking about. I can't, I've seen it a million times, but I can't remember his name. I've had conversations with Dr. Robert Gilbert about it because I clean his house every two weeks. I'll be over there next Tuesday. Um, I still can't remember his name. And he also does snowflakes. That guy does snowflakes. Yes. So he's, yes. And so I've seen a lot of the images and they've taken water out of the sewers in Japan and put it under a microscope. Um, and they've taken water out of a fresh spring and put it under a microscope. And they've played Beethoven for some of the water for a little bit. And they've played like really grungy hard rock for the other cup of water. And then they put it under a microscope and they take a snapshot of it. And it's 
amazing. Like, but you know, that's not mainstream shit. I feel like in having conversations with people about it, like it's this kind of idea that I know something they don't know. <laughs> um, and I want to share it and reverberate it. But if you share it with people who aren't ready, they don't understand. They just look at you like you have two heads and they're like, what's right. this crazy bitch talking about? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, this so is, I love I, getting into conversations with people like you who are like, oh, I'm excited. What can we learn about today? Rice? Yeah. You know, water? What's going on? Yeah. This is where I think the conversation is going to get a little weird. Cause I, love- I, I, I intended to touch on this with you. Talking about manifestations and, and how we can manipulate the molecules in our body. And how far does that go? Well, we can meditate, right? We can envision what our lives are going to be like. We can manifest positivity we can manifest negativity mm-hmm. we we can meditate we can go to the point where we can have outer body experiences we can i mean i've never witnessed it i'm sure it's possible but we have certain people around the world that remote view they can travel to different multi-dimensional travel baby right how far does this go? Now, this is where it gets a bit fucking weird, okay? I need a drink. Hold what you got. <laughs> <laughs> the refrigerator's not far since I live in a tiny house. Awesome. We're going with Bon Vive, Pear, and Elderflower. Oh, nice. We should nice. do this regular. Like, just have cocktails with Lee and Harmony. I'd lo- That'd be awesome. That really would be. So, I called it, I called it a... An intersectional trinity earlier on. I think I, I think that's what I came up with. Some, some yeah, that's good. But I, I I came up with spirituality, religion, and um, aliens. Right, those three things. They always seem to intersect when I get when I have these conversations, or when I listen to people, or when I have, you know, I do my own research. So. I won't go into it too deep, but there are many alternate versions of how we evolved on this planet. Parallel so universes? The, pardon? Like parallel universes? Yeah, I mean, that will come into it. So there's the Darwinian theory of evolution, where we evolved from monkeys, right? Everybody knows the story. That's yeah. the one we get taught in school, which I right. have a problem with, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> There's also a very valid and credible theory of genetic manipulation from yeah. species from another planet, Nibiru. Oh, yeah. Right. Those of you who don't, if you're listening, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but go Google it and you'll find out. Right. So the long and short of it is we were genetically engineered to be workers for the Ajiji, who were workers for the... The, the the inhabitants of planet Nibiru, right? So, mm-hmm. as a result of the Ajiji genetically engineering us, the Anunnaki, which are from the planet Nibiru, didn't like that. So they said, "Okay, fine. What we're going to do is we're going to take their ability away. We're going to we're going to close off. We're going to turn the off switch on those seven chakras that run down the spine, right?" Oh, I just got full body okay. chills. We're going to have to have a part two. Yeah. So, are we now starting to rediscover our ability through meditation 
um, to access communication, and here's where the aliens come in, with multidimensional beings, because mm-hmm. I know Stephen Greer practices this. Whether or not you believe him, that's up to you. Um, but I don't think that's really the question. The question is more, is it possible? Fuck yeah, is my answer, right? So we've just tied in um, aliens and spirituality because through our progression in spirituality, we can potentially contact aliens. Now, here's where the religion part comes into it. I'm pursuing, and I'm actually thinking of reading the Bible, not because I want to learn about God or anything like that, but I think this is an integral part of perhaps validating my theory, but more just learning more about the link between what we perceive as God and the universe and spirituality. So, Okay, that just had a download. You've heard me talk about that before? Yeah, yeah. You're going to write a book. What? I just had a complete download. It was in my head just like somebody just spit it into my head and said, this is his book. I can't do that. (laughs) Negative beliefs. Negative beliefs. Yeah. But I was talking to somebody on um, Clubhouse the other day, and we we ended up talking about God and religion. And we just got into this conversation like, what is God? And we, we were talking, and, and so it was like... that You just said that. Anyway, I'm not going to interrupt you. I'll tell you why in a minute. Yeah. God is just, like, a force. It's the presence of the universe. God is the universe <laughs> communicating through us, right? It's exactly so there what is, Eckhart Tolle said on the podcast yeah. I listened to today. He said, and, God and is like, universe. I just have these thoughts, and I can't get it out quick enough. I can't find the words. I can't vocabulary... Vocabulary... Vocab- can't Herbal. find the words for it. Herbalize. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I just have keep having these thoughts, and I'm like, and and the more I think about it, it's like God isn't a thing. It's an it's like it's everything. Yes. And and you see these depictions of spacecraft or alien beings, you know, f- carved on rocks from the Mayans to the fucking. I mean, what do you make of that? You know what I'm saying? You know, like, these crazy on. things, right? So then, is God? a physical manifestation that we interpret as the Ajiji or the Anunnaki who engineered us. And this is where this th- these three things converge for me. Now, I'm, I'm probably making a f- fucking hash of, but I'm sure you know what I'm trying to get at. I do, right? I do. I know they don't, but they'll have to tune in next time when <laughs> they have cocktails with Lee yeah. Harmony. <laughs> so aliens, spirituality, and God yeah. is all one thing. Yeah. 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 That's what I believe. I believe that uh, I've spent too many nights reading, meditating, um, having experiences that I, I know I'm not cuckoo. I know I'm not. And, and the fact that I didn't really ever do this before. And now for the last year I've been meditating and feeling what I've been feeling and my body's been going to places that it's never been before. Um, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'll do a morning meditation while I'm in bed and I'll just, before I do anything, I pick up my phone. Dr. Joe Dispenza said that he talks about your morning ritual. He's like, don't let the world in before it's don't let the world in prematurely. So make, 
conscious effort, what you do in the morning. So just, you know, last week he was talking about that again in the book. So I went back and re-listened to the chapter. So I've been trying to be really good about getting up in the morning, grabbing my phone, going right to my YouTube channel that I love, turning on a quick meditation, depending on how much time I have. And I lay the phone right on my pillow and I just lay in bed flat, phone on, eyes closed. And I know that I'm not crazy. I know that I'm very um, aware spiritually and otherwise. And the fact that I'm laying in bed, listening to a guided meditation by Dr. Joe or whoever, um, and tears are rolling down my face because something is said that touches me, that's real. Like, (laughs) it's hard for me to explain that to somebody who's never meditated because, you know, a year ago, it was hard for me to meditate for 30 seconds. I just, I didn't see the power in it. But just like anything, riding a bike or working out or whatever it is you're trying to learn how to do, you get better the more you do it. And I just was adamant. Everybody's talking about how awesome this meditation is and how they go to these different places in their brain and how they have these enlightening moments and answers they really needed for things that are going on in their life or things they're struggling with. Their answers are coming to them when they're meditating. I mean, like we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, Lee, like the shit that I've just gone through recently with my husband that was so emotionally hard on me that I was just desperate to find answers. I needed, and if I thought the answers were in me and a 30 minute meditation or an hour long meditation was going to get me those answers so that I could have some peace in my life and not be sad, I was going to do it. I was like at a point, like we're talking about rock bottom. You just want to feel better. Um, and doing those meditations, dude, I'm telling you, (laughs) I can't quite explain because I don't know enough about it. I'm still so new to it. So I don't want to pretend like I know enough about it. All I know is the simple fact that when I consciously go into a guided meditation, crazy shit happens. I get downloads. I get information. I get clarity. I get peace around something that I'm going through in my life. And I wake, I come out of that meditation whole. Yeah. And that is, I don't know what else to say about it. So I can't say real, not real. All I know is I have felt it. So what you're speaking of and talking about God and the Ajiji, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Um, Why not? I mean, with the things that I've experienced, I'm looking at it like, why not? Why not be open-minded to some of the things that are going on? What I do know is I'm going to gear myself towards things that make me feel good. And I'm going to, I'm going to go away from things that don't make me feel good. And, um, what I do know is that the spiritual things that I've been doing, like believing in other things, other possibilities, other dimensions, other worlds, you know, how we were created, the whole different concept of how we were created, not what was told to me since I was itty bitty. Um, but in expanding my capacity to think about those things, I've found peace, then obviously I'm going to go more towards that. Does that make sense? So it's hard for me to look at somebody and say, I do believe in this or I don't believe in that. Like I don't feel comfortable enough to say any of that yet. But what I can say is ever since I've opened up my, my, um, what's the word I want to look, I've lowered, I've diminished my judgment and I've opened up my mind a little bit to believe in something that is fucking batshit crazy outwardly that I've gotten peace from that. What do you do with that? You just got to keep going and hope nobody throws a fucking, you know, bushel of tomatoes at your face or something and Mm. call you a fucking weirdo and, you know, castrate you from the, the community you live in. All I know is it's working, whatever, whatever is going on with all this metaphysical shit, it works for harmony and it's made me feel not broken anymore and not sad 
So in, in, in um, the sense of you talking about you having depression and the possibility of some of these things that you're talking to me about right now, has it made, has it diminished your feelings of depression? Oh, God, yeah. I Fuck mean, yeah. What do you do with that? Besides, yeah. And, and just going. to think it's in terms of the journey this everlasting journey because it would be everlasting if you could live forever you would you would learn forever yeah in terms of point a to point b i'm like i've just gone past the start line it's same me too fucking incredible like as this this fucked up analogy i've just given you about these three spirituality aliens like it's almost like a puzzle like these pieces of the puzzle are appearing but then to try and communicate to you well the bits of the puzzle are missing so i can't really construct it so the more you learn the more i dig into it the more i research about it the clearer it becomes and the more it fucking makes sense to me i know i mean i know it sounds crazy but it doesn't sound crazy to me because i'm at the beginning of my journey too so to me it doesn't but if you try to explain it to somebody else they're going to be like what (laughs) yeah if you tried to say to somebody oh you know i think jesus you know god uh or iasis because we keep calling them the wrong name. I think yeah. God, you know, meditation, or spirituality and aliens are all the same thing. But what the fuck? What are you talking about? But then it could, like, as you as you say, you're meditating and you, you you feel these funny experiences. Like, is that because your your brain waves are reaching a certain frequency that's allowing you to reaccess the chakras, that's allowing you to become, a, 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 you know, metaphysical and be able to, astro project and communicate with multi-dimensional beings like is it possible fuck yeah of course it's possible yeah it's possible absolutely it's possible i don't doubt it one minute that it's possible and i remember how we got into the conversation we were talking about um autism Mm -hmm. and uh this this misconception of autism oh you know there's something wrong with your kid it's like because my middle son's on the autism spectrum. I think it's the opposite. I think I I, think I agree. They I think, know some shit we don't. I think it's a it's a, a cognitive evolution that your body can't cope with. Yep. I think they're fucking way ahead, and the body's like shit. Agree. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and no, and no shit. You don't want to make eye contact with most people you meet because most people that you meet are not on the same wavelength. And of course, you want to. You can look at your dad and your mom being you guys and lovingly look at look at them and hug them and be affectionate and be open and all that stuff but when you go out into the crazy world out there you're like I don't want to have any part of what you guys got going on right smarter honestly you're fucking crazy yeah <laughs> so i mean i get it like i at, at any time i've learned or you know in school i had to learn a little bit about autism and i always kind of had that thing in the back of my head like they know something we don't know and it's really beautiful and Anybody that I've met who's autistic are the most um, have the most calming energy about them. I don't really know how to explain it other than just really beautiful, really calming. Um, and I don't know if it's the realness of people with autism. There's no mystery. You know what I mean? There, I mean, there's. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. They just are what they are. It's an, yeah. and there's something really beautiful about that. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, my son is. He's beautiful. That's the word. Is beautiful in every way. And but we've been told there's something wrong with them. 
Yes. Let's create an autistic society and let's do this and do that, which I love. I'm glad they have all of that, but there's nothing wrong with them. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they should flip it on their head and actually, rather than trying to give them drugs and stop the effects of whatever it is, invest in it and go, do you know what? What is this? Mm -hmm. You know, can we create a drug to give to everybody so that we're all like it? (laughs) Right. I, I see these. I see these people as superhuman. You know, when you yeah. see the, because there's so many different types. You know, autistic used to just be autistic, but now they've now there's a spectrum. Yeah, like they, they, there is no one thing. It's like, you know, from A to Z. It's that'd be an interesting thing to look into because I don't know enough about it, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that's thinking the same the way that we are, and they're doing studies on it. There's bound to be. There's got to be. There's got to be. You know. But you say you, you you see these autistic kids that have extreme autism and like they can't go into shopping centres because the lights are too bright and the sounds are too loud. It's like no, that's just a fucking a sublime gift. That's amazing. Like yeah, th- their brains shit. yeah, their brains <laughs> their are so fucking tuned that they yep. don't like the bright lights and they can hear everything. It's like Superman. And you know what's so funny that I'm doing in the coaching class that I'm doing right now, this week is shadow work week. And the the gentleman who coined the shadow work term is Carl Jung. You know, he devoted his whole life to learning about the archetypes and old school Swiss, like just amazing womanizing. I mean, essentially at the core of who he was, he was kind of a selfish bastard, but he was really smart. Um, and he studied the archetypes, created the archetypes, you know, coined the word synchronicity. Um, but he also has a lot of work based around shadow work. And and there's an image that I shared with the girls in the class, which is it looks like um, behind is it looks like a head, but in the front it's a persona, and in the back is the shadow, um, and in the middle is the self. Um, and so the concept of that is that when we go out into the world, if we, especially if we haven't done our work, we're carrying, we go out when we put our clothes on in the morning, we get dressed, we brush our teeth and we go out the front door and we get in our car and drive away. As soon as we get into the, the world, our persona comes up. Right. And, and it's like an, it's like an act. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's not real. Everybody goes out into the world as who they are, but there's, they, they, Bottom line, most people, if not all people, alter who they really are to their core to present properly to society, right? Yes, I understand. Um, And then there's, you know, the self, which is what we know to be and how we can be with the people that we love and trust the most. And then there's the shadow side part of us, which is what I'm teaching the girls about, which is that shit that we don't want to look into. And that's where all the magic happens is digging in, pulling that persona down, communicating with self and then being able to have the courage and the wherewithal to step into the shadow, which are the things that trigger you. They're the things yeah. that trigger you and the people that you're closest to. They're the things that trigger you in society, the things that piss you off and scare you. That's where your shadow work needs to be done. But the concept of that, I, I had to figure out what's Harmony's persona because I've always kind of banked on the fact that I'm real and I go out into the world and I'm just Harmony everywhere. Bullshit. We all have a persona. And so in doing my shadow work, I had to figure out what am I doing that's a front? And my front was that I've got this. I'm good. I don't need anybody. I'm independent. I'm harmony. Blah, blah, blah. I can do this. I ride fucking motorcycles and I blah, whatever the fuck. Persona. 
And that's hard to deal with. And the cool thing about, and the reason why I bring that up is because the people that I've met that are autistic don't have that fucking baggage. They don't have that issue. There's no persona. They just are. And it's so magical and it's so beautiful and it's such a freedom. And for them to be told that there's something wrong with them is kind of fucked. Because... What, I'm not like you? I don't have a persona when I go out into the world? You know what I mean? And again, I don't know enough about it to really communicate on it. But when I think shadow side persona, most people, and then I see an autistic person, I think they don't have, they don't go out into the world with a persona. They just are who they are everywhere in every avenue with every group. Yeah. All the time. And and like you say, it's it, that's incredible. I mean, my, my, my son, he's 11. And he's got no problem wearing trousers that are too small and shoes that don't match. He's like, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. That's amazing. That is a I gift. don't need to please you. And I'm like, dude, you're fucking right. He is so <laughs> He's right. I don't need to please you. I, mean, I don't need to present to anybody. If he's happy, who cares? It's, it's fucking mad. It's really... And I, no wonder you get in in the group and you rave about him so much because what a like beautiful thing and a gift for you and your family to get to experience him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute gift. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, what time is it where you are? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Is it 12.45? Uh, 11.45, yeah. Wow. We're going to have to do this, um, even if we only do it every couple months, I think that it would be really amazing to, well, my ultimate goal is to have a collaborator. I would love to have somebody that I get in touch with and do a show with and have fun and just like riff about stuff and talk about life because, uh, I mean, as if the world needs another (laughs) podcast that's doing that, but they don't have (laughs) Lee and Harmony. And I just feel like it would be a really cool thing because I feel like over time it would evolve to be something even bigger than we could even know it to be because we would get even more comfortable talking to one another. And I, I kind of equate it to like a morning show. Yeah. Like when people tune in, they want to know what the fuck are these two idiots going to be talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think we, it we would talk, be amazing. Well, tonight we've talked self-help with, you know, a sprinkling of aliens. I know. <laughs> I mean, oh, sorry. Marabella. I don't know what's going on out there. That's my dog, everybody. The aliens have arrived. I hear something really loud out there. I don't know what it is, though. It's weird. Um, I mean, I do want to try that. There's this app. Uh, I'm pretty satisfied with water. Siri, shut up. Yeah, there's this app that Stephen Greer's got out. I mean, I don't know if I want to spend a tenner on it, but, you know, there's this training, and it's, it's meditation and whatever practices, and... You just go out and you just experience whatever it is you experience, whether it's light, actual, like, to the point where you see something, uh, whether you get a vision, I don't know, but it would be something that I would be, you know, well I'm going to tell you, there's a show on Netflix, and uh, I'm not going to say anything about it, but it's metaphysical, and it threw me for a curveball. It's filmed in the UK. And it is probably in my top 10 of shows I've ever watched in my life. And it's kind of a love story drama, but with a metaphysical twist. And I've watched the whole season in two days. Wow. And when I when I got done with that last episode, my, I was laying in bed like, 
what the fuck did I just watch? It's multi, it's just, I don't even want to say anything. I just want to let you know that I immediately went to Google and I typed in, I don't even want to say, because I don't want to give it away. Right. But, metaphysical shit and it was amazing and I um, I think that once I started realizing that mainstream media was starting to touch on some of these metaphysical things I was like something's going on in the world that yeah. is shifting mainstream to start believing in meditation the power of meditation how it can heal you um, just I don't know just looking at things a little bit differently than the way that we typically do yeah, I believe we're on we're on the the path to. I mean, I don't know how it's gonna how long it's gonna be. Whether it's ten years, twenty years, fifty years, hundred years, I don't know. But I believe this is the start of a massive shift in what we think human uh, being human and humanity is. I agree. You know, when you, you throw, know we're, like, we're in the age of Aquarius. Yeah, we're I've heard that, but I don't. I, I'll have to have a look and see what that is. Of the age of Aquarius. Yeah, we're in it right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, I didn't ever know what that meant. I remember going to see hair in person in a play when I was like 17 and everybody got naked at the end. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> no. It's a really great movie. It's, it's called hair, H A I R hair. Um, but there's also a lot of people who've done it as, as a play and I'm sure they've done it all over London and stuff, but it was actually pretty phenomenal, but it is the concept of metaphysical, like all that stuff. And so knowing, I just learned this like two months ago that we are currently in the age of Aquarius, which is basically the age of enlightenment. So if you follow astrology or any of that oh. stuff, it's the age of when humanity takes a huge shift and they start kind of going away from traditional thoughts, less, less religious based, God based, Christianity based, more metaphysical stuff. Um, and well, it would aligned. be a retranslation, then, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, those theories would still exist, but they would apply to different things. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, wow. It's crazy. It's crazy cool, man. When you start connecting all the dots, I mean, we literally have touched on like a third of one percent tonight, and the things that me and you could talk about when it comes to all the things I'm learning about in the background, because metaphysical. Um, stuff is huge to me um jewish mysticism is something that's been coming up for me a lot look mm. into that you'll really find that fascinating um and then multi-dimensional travel which is like astral projection which is something i would love to do yeah wow jesus yeah we'll have to do this again this has been amazing on and on and on and on <laughs> <laughs> I hope I gave you something that was uh, I did cry so we're good on that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be the highlight before the show. <laughs> I'm kidding. Do you have me cry? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this is amazing. Yeah, we could go on for hours. We we've just touched the surface. Which but... because that's what I appreciate about you is that you love sussing that kind of real raw like no real guideline way to do a conver an interview. You just want to have a conversation about real shit and I love that. Yeah. So I'm your girl. If you ever need, like, want to talk about stuff, because I mean, I've got so many things that I could touch on that are so not societally accepted that I do feel like I would love to talk about. Because I feel like I'm I'm thinking things and have a willingness to say things that a lot of people think, but they just don't have the balls to say. Yeah, I I'm unapologetically me wherever I am. I say what and I don't think. change that about you. 
you know, I've got no problem going somewhere and just swearing because I swear. I don't care where I am. You know. Have you ever heard the concept of the black sheep of the family? That's, Are you the yeah, black sheep? Absolutely. I'm going to send you some stuff because they're, and I, as I am too, um, but there's a whole belief system based around the fact that the people that are considered the black sheeps of families are the actual ones that heal generational trauma. They heal, they change the shift of the family moving forward um, for gener Like they're the chosen one essentially that have the courage and the balls to let their freak flag fly. They march to the beat of their own drum you know, they start off having a little bit of fear, but ultimately as they get into adulthood, they 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 just kind of break the armor and they do what they want without any regards to, not disrespectfully, but they just get to a point where they can't kind of be in that, in that um, what's the word I'm looking for, in that mold anymore for their family. They just get to the point where them being who they really are and what's inside of them needs to come out so bad that that becomes more powerful than making their family happy. Yes, yes. And in that shift comes like your kids, Lee, are going to be, and your wife too, I'm sure. She's already probably changed because of what you've done. Um, will be better for it because of what you're having the courage to do and show up how you're willing to show up every day and not just be going 40 hours, you know, traveling in your truck and doing this and blah, blah, blah. You're doing such huge things that I just want to make sure that you know that I see that in you. And I think well, it's a really beautiful thing that you've had the courage to show up for that, no matter what, because it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage to take a step out and present yourself as this new thing or to admit to yourself that you've not been doing what you're supposed to be doing and allowing other people to observe that. I mean, it got to the point where... We'll finish up in a minute, but I'll just, I'll, I'll just oh, I'm say this. I'm in a hurry. I just didn't know if you had to go because it's only 10 to 7 where I am. It's really late. <laughs> Don't get when, me started. Uh, I could be on with you for three hours. Yeah, yeah. When um, when all this happened and I had the breakdown and stuff, and it just hit me. It was like somebody had switched on a light and I could see the whole room. And um talked to my wife and I was so, you know, on fire and everything was you know, a hundred miles an hour. I go, I, I, I got to do this. I got to do this. I want to do this. I want to do it. And it got, she was like, you need to go and see somebody because you, <laughs> you're not fucking right. Like you need to go and speak to somebody. Um, you're not thinking clearly. And I was like, no, I am thinking so clear. This is the problem. Now I'm thinking clearly. You don't know who I am now because you've, do you know what I mean? Like I knew it not, as you were getting yeah. in and checking in. I was like, he's, this is awesome. I think I would check in with you and be like, I'm so excited for you, Lee. I know it seems crazy and your wife thinks you're a nut job, but I think yeah. you're on something. <laughs> yeah, even my 14-year-old son, now we talk about something. And and I get in it. <laughs> he said to me the other day, we were having a conversation and I just start going off for one. And he goes, it's not an invite for a philosophy lesson, Dad. <laughs> And and him and my wife, they have these. They just have the banter, and he, and they sort of look at each other and go, "Oh, he's off on one again." <laughs> I love that so much. I can't wait to. I want to meet you guys. You know, I'm coming over there. Yeah, yeah I want to awesome. meet you and your wife, and I just think she's adorable, and I'm so I'm so excited that 
Uh, well, also, speaking of wives, I love that you get on and talk about you-know-who and say, eh, eh, eh. Hmm. I don't want to say just in case somebody listens, but I love that. And I thought, you know what? I think I followed up that day and I said, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything because Lee perfectly said everything. I actually am not – I don't have anything to follow up with because Lee worded it perfectly. But the fact that you can – it's hard to show up when somebody that you love is – bucking the system and they're confused and you're the person that they married however many years ago is changing and um but you guys obviously have the kind of relationship where even though she's like wait what's going on she's still like i want to see what happens yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's really cool it's really cool yeah i think she knows that i have their best interests at heart and i would never do anything to jeopardize anything you know the house or their futures or you know yeah. their financial position anything like that you know it's i'm not i'm not i have these weird and crazy ideas but i would never do anything you know like throw all our savings into some fucking harebrained scheme or something like that or you know sell everything and give it all to the church i'm not fucking <laughs> like that but it is weird how clear thought is deemed to be not normal yeah. Very strange. Well, that's what I was just thinking. It's like, think about all the coolest people in, in history, really. They are all were considered batshit crazy when they first started doing what they were doing. I just recently watched the movie about Queen. Mm. Um, it wasn't the documentary, but it was the one, it was just the movie movie. Um, and I was so empowered by the story. I mean, first of all, it's Queen, and he's amazing. But the way that he showed up to be who he was as a musician... And just he was, kind of kept stepping outside of his comfort zone, and he was, I'm gay, and I'm like, and yeah. I just, those are the game changers, the people that can show up. He was arrogant, but humble and modest at the same time. Yeah, he was. I mean, it was that was incredible. Did you see that movie? Yes, I did. Oh, man. I was, like, on the couch. Like, I couldn't. I was sitting up, and then I'd lay down, and I was, like, listening to singing, and then I was, like, oh, my God, I love, like... He it's knew. so inspiring to see this. He knew what he was. He knew he could do it. Yeah. He fucking knew it. Yeah. And there was no change in his mind. And nope. he presented himself almost, I don't know, like his hubris was was adorable. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, my God. I couldn't have put it any other way. Like, he, he was. He was a perfect, like, mix of humble and confident. Mm-hmm. What is that even? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's something to, I don't know. I just think it's fucking awesome because everybody thought he was fucking crazy. And, you know, what's the name of the song that was from Wayne's World that we all sang that was in the movie and everybody thought it was crazy and it was stupid and it was a dumb song and it was way too long. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And can you meet one human on the planet that doesn't know that song today? I don't care if they're 12 or they're 112. He got so much shit for that song and the yeah. way he kept trying to get him to record it differently and do this and do that. And yet here he's made the biggest musical impact of our history. It's a perfect testament to just like keep showing up, man. If you believe it, then it will be. Yeah, and but get it, that book tonight because I want you to. I think it'll be a perfect addition. You're ready for that Joe Dispenza becoming supernatural book. Yeah, and it's all about it's all about what we're talking about with Queen. 
It's just the belief system behind the fact that you, um, if it's dropping into your brain and it's a thought, it can become. Mm. Period. Yeah. But you see all sorts of people like that, you know, that have existed and that will exist. Yeah. Steve Jobs, uh, Freddie Mercury, um, Christ. I mean, there's, there's so many to mention. I know there's so many. But they were also, they, you know, they came across as, oh, you know, Steve Jobs, he's, a, he's an arsehole. No. He knew what he wanted. He knew what he had to do to get there. And he wasn't interested in bullshit. Right. And he changed the, you know, he changed humanity. <sighs> Big time. Big time. So, okay. You perceive him as an arsehole. You know, many of us perceive him as a godhead. You know, I mean, I don't have the words. It's, it's I know. people like this are incredible. <laughs> I, mean, I know. They just and so if you don't look at those people as an inspiration, I mean, I mean, I guess what it comes down to is really just, and I say this, I've said this before on IGTV, I've said it on my podcast. It's really just about politely not giving a literal shit what anybody thinks about what you're doing. It doesn't yeah. mean you're like, fuck you, I'm going to do this. Eh. It just means I'm going to just sit back over here and march to the beat of my own drum, like I always like to say, because I had so I had so much struggle with doing that. I was so worried what people were going to think about me. What if I fail publicly? What's going to happen then? I'm going to look stupid. Like I immediately, I, I went against everything Eckhart Tolle says, which his thing is live in the present moment. Don't worry about what happened yesterday. And it's really hard. It takes a lot of practice. I'm still trying to get good at it. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Just trust the process. And this is one of the biggest things. And I, I'll leave this with your listeners because it really is one of the biggest and best piece of pieces of advice that I accidentally got in my whole life I was listening to a new earth. You've listened to it on with him and Oprah. And at the last episode on episode 10, a woman writes in or stands up in the audience and says, well, Eckhart, when you I'm ad living, but your best selling book, weren't you scared about, you know, that book and whether it was going to be successful or not. And he made a comment and again, I'm ad-libbing because I can't be as eloquent as, as him. But he said that that best-selling book was already there for the taking. I just had to show up. Yes. I just had to continue doing the work, and I just had to continue showing up. And, and I don't know if he mentioned the train or if I've heard it somewhere else, but I've passed this on to other people that if I had a train, the Bliss Broker train, and it had a route A to B or wherever – and there was all these stops of success along my train route. All I got to do is get on the train. All the stops are going to happen whether I'm on the fucking train or not. Yeah. So public speaking in Asheville, public speaking in Cornwall. I've got all these goals. Um, uh, I want a flat in London. You know, all the things that I want. They're all there for the taking. I've just got to get on the train. And the way that I get on the train is by continuously showing up for myself. And whether that means making healthy decisions, going for my movement every day, meditating, taking my supplements, um, having a community, asking for help, whatever it is, you know, speaking my truth, stepping into my integrity, all of the things that will give me the ability to um, step onto the train. As long as I keep doing all that shit in the background and I get on the train, 
I'll be able to get all those things. They're already mine. And so that's what Eckhart said. He said, that best-selling book was mine. It was already mine. It was destined for me. I just had to show up. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, what the fuck? I never thought about it that way. It's like life is going to happen regardless. How are you going to show up for it? Right. Are you going to get sad and it's going to be too hard? You're going to make it make So every day when you guys say, oh, Harmony showed up again and she did this and that and the other thing, I think to myself, when I have that fork in the road and I do every day, do I want to Netflix and chill because I've cleaned so many houses today or do I want to put my fucking tennis shoes on and go to the school and do my run? What am I going to do? How am I going to show up? I think of that train and I think of the end goal of what I really want, which is abundant autonomy. I want sovereign. I want, I want a sovereign feeling about my life, which I finally fucking think I have. Um, all I ever wanted my whole life was to be sovereign and I didn't, I didn't think it was cap- I was capable of it because I was so codependent. I could not have happiness without other people around me. And to feel even a glimmer of happiness alone as an independent woman without love, without kids, without anything besides my dog, um, I didn't think it was possible. Um, but, n- but what makes me come home from work all day long and come in and put my tennis shoes on and my sports bra and I make the choice to go back out into the world and go run for five miles every night, even when I'm fucking exhausted, is that last stop on the train. I see it down there and I'm like, I want that. That's mine. That's my flat in London. That's my um, whiskey tour in Edinburgh. That's my, you know, meeting up with my friends on a speaking engagement and them looking at me and being proud of what I've accomplished. That's all these women down there and men that I've helped. If I don't put my tennis shoes on today, I don't get to get to that end stop on the train. That is how I show up every day. That's it. And it sounds fucking crazy coming out of my mouth, but I believe, Lee, with everything in my being right now, that if I don't make good decisions every day, I don't get that. Yeah. The train's leaving the station with or without you. It's leaving without me. And I don't want it to leave without me. I want to be on it. (laughs) And I want to take people with me. And if I don't show up to go do what people consider, God, Harmony's out in the fucking woods every night. I'm so bored of seeing her Insta stories. Yeah. That's my train pass. That's me investing in my train ticket. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, really is powerful stuff. Well, that's the Bon V version. <laughs> <laughs> it's downhill from there. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I'm already three in. I just need to eat and go to bed. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, man. Well, it's been amazing talking to you. And as you say, we could do this for hours. But we'll leave it at that. Leave it on that powerful statement. Um, and I suggest everybody goes and follows you. Tell us before you go where we can find you on Tinternet. I am Bliss Broker everywhere. So blissbroker.com. I'm at the Bliss Broker on Twitter, Instagram. I am Chaser Spark on Facebook. Um, it's just type in the Bliss Broker on Google. You'll find me. Perfect. Perfect. Amazing conversation. As always, Harmony, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Bye. Bye-bye.